there are sermon notes in your newsletter. Uh, go ahead and grab those. And uh, let's spend some time in God's word. Uh, I just to let you know, we had bought so many of the strong and courageous bracelets. And not only have I uh, given away several personally, uh, uh, we, we ran out. But there are more on the way. Can I get an amen from somebody? All right. So there are more on the way. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's power. So uh, we're more than conquerors. That's where we are. It's where we've been hanging our hat this summer. Uh, I mean, before I go any further, Dennis and Donna, we love you guys. And uh, we're so glad to see you all here. And the Lord bless you as you move to West Virginia and uh, in Beckley, right? Yeah. So uh, anytime I'm coming by that way, I'll wave at you as I come down Sandstone Mountain. All right. And uh, we pray blessings. Would you give some love? Dennis and Donna? Thank you, Thank you, the conqueror's heart. Uh, excuse me, uh, more than conquerors. We want to we want to look at this, and uh, let's just make some uh, declarations. We are more than conquerors. Somebody shout more than conquerors. Shout it. I am more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Uh, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. But He begins by saying, "In all these things." So that means you have to look back, and what you realize is there is stuff that you are going to be more than conquerors through. Does that make sense? So. Uh, the, the scripture, I don't know if you've ever read, the, anybody ever read the Bible? Anybody ever read one of these? It's a really good, it's a bestseller, you should get one. But uh, here's the deal. Some people, for, I, I don't know how we come up with this, but we come up with this belief that when we give our life to Jesus, we will never face difficulty. Obviously, you never read the Bible, okay? Because the Bible is uh, chapter after chapter, episode after episode, book after book of individuals who face things and overcome them. And then when you get to the New Testament after the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus and the church is just, I'm telling you, they're just tearing it up, turning turn the world upside down. As we go into this particular uh, time, uh, we also see them facing even greater difficulty. Uh, and the difficulty now is uh, there's persecution, there's distress, there's all kinds of situations. And we find out that even in the face of death, they are victorious. I mean, even the story of the Christ uh, of the cross. How many know Jesus Christ was more than a conqueror? Anybody know that? Because he faced death and he rose again from the dead uh, and completely disarmed the enemy. So we are more than conquerors. Say we are more than conquerors. And out of this, much of our teaching uh, has been the story of Joshua. We have, we've settled in the story of Joshua in, uh, in Joshua 1 and 9. Let's read it in case you need to read it. Uh, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. You need to sometimes circle those words. Where is the Lord with you? Where, wherever you go. And uh, sometimes... You need to understand that even when you have anybody ever failed, anybody ever just I'll lift my hand. Okay, anybody? So even when you failed, he's still with you. Anybody thankful for that? Amen. Even when things seem to fall apart, he's he's still with you wherever you go. So uh, but also the term frightened and dismayed. We also need to understand that terminology because that's a, those are worship terms to be frightened and to be dismayed. That is to. Uh, to be frightened is to bow before the threat. That's what it means. Uh, and literally the word dismayed is to lay prostrate before uh, something. You just can't even stand. So he's saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now the strength and courage, however, is, is also, a, this is a massive power statement. It's not looking at you and saying, ignore what's going on. Uh, to be strong and courageous. This is a battle cry. And the battle cry is from this perspective. We go ahead and we exercise our strength without, without consideration of the field. Okay? We go ahead and we, we are courageous, uh, not knowing necessarily what is, uh, lies before us, because we know that the Lord is with us wherever we go. So it is, it is, uh, it's a personality. It is, it's a spirit about us. We know God's with us, so we're going to be strong and courageous. We shout on the field of battle. Now, uh, this, this works, this impacts our life 
greatly. I'm finding it impacts mine. Let me tell you specifically, if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with these things, how many know sometimes you need a word when you're dealing with anxiety, right? Anxiety, depression, some of those things, you need a word. So here's your word. Be strong and courageous. Tell somebody, be strong and courageous. Some, some people are wondering, when are you going to stop preaching on being strong and courageous? Whenever I, me and the Lord decide to and everybody gets this thing, all right? So uh, today I want to talk about your heart. And I'm going to teach you from the topic, the conqueror's heart. Uh, looking at Joshua chapter 14 and 14. Now we've, we, we dealt with AI. Uh, what an incredible battle. Uh, last week, the battle at Gibeon, and we, we saw Joshua and the army defeat uh, a five king, five, basically a, a five army alliance that had come against them. I, we, we saw some deception that took place with Gibeon as they deceived uh, Joshua into entering into a treaty. And one of the things that we learned is everybody doesn't come to God the same way. Did you know that some people come to the Lord just because they're afraid some come and they're not really honest with God. How many know God knows your heart? Does anybody know that he knows your heart? You may not totally be up front with the Lord. God still knows your stuff. You know, whatever's going on that brings you to God. I'm okay with that. I got one. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. He's just bringing you to him. And then we're going to get victorious. We're going to get uh, transitioned into a deeper personal relationship with him. Uh, so now we are at a new place. And in this new place we are at a place of, of the division of the land. And the, 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 much of the land has been possessed. Not all of the land has been possessed. But much of the land has been possessed. And now the tribes of Israel are going to. Uh, fr from Joshua. Uh, from the Lord. They are going to be designated particular areas that they can settle in. And, and so in Joshua 14 and 14, we arrive at a discussion with a man named Caleb. It's a powerful, uh, it's a powerful story. Uh, but this particular portion of Joshua 14, 14. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb. And here's why. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. So just that, that uh, last, that underlying portion, would you read that? He followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Say it again. He followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. So, so we, we've, we've got this. This is, a, this is a powerful statement. And it's interesting because this statement that we're reading now uh, is very similar to the statement, be strong and courageous. And the reason the statement is similar is because it's stated over and over and over and over and over again. Don't you like it when you can memorize one passage of scripture and you really memorize six? Isn't that cool? So come on, say it. He followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. So we're gonna get we're gonna get this statement over and over. First of all, the Lord speaks this of Caleb uh, after the fiasco of the spies in Canaan in Numbers 14, 24. And the Lord says, Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Now Moses confirms this before his passing and transition of leadership to Joshua in Numbers 32 and 11. Moses says regarding Caleb now, they have not followed me wholeheartedly. Not one of the men 20 years old or more who came out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No one except Caleb, son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, son of Nun. For they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. There you got it again, okay? So how are we supposed to follow the Lord? And then, so after the conquering of much of the promised land, the land of promises being distributed, and Caleb stands before Joshua, and he claimed something. Somebody say, he claimed it. He claimed now, some people aren't into this claiming thing, so uh, uh, I, I'm sorry, but you need to learn this, all right? You need to get this. 
So in verse 6, uh, no, in Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 through 9, now the men of Judah uh, approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. He's speaking to Joshua. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. Can I pause there for a moment and ask if anybody remembers 40 years old as in the past? Anybody remember 40 years old? Okay, let's welcome all the old people in the house. We love all y'all. Okay? But sometimes people tell me they turn 40 and I'm thinking, 40? Really? 40? And uh, how many are looking forward to 40? Anybody looking forward to 40? Okay, 40 is... Somebody, some people are looking forward to 40. Uh, some people think 40. I remember when I thought 40 was a, a long... It, w- it was an old man. I remember that. All right? I'm, I'm just a little past 40 now. None of your business. And uh, so he says, I remember when I was 40. Uh, I, and, and I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me and made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now that sounds like religious pride to some people. He knew how he had followed the Lord. He knew that with the 12 spies who went up to look over the land of Israel, that he and Joshua were the only two who actually followed the Lord. And I'll get back into that for a moment. But... On that day, he, uh, Caleb goes on and says, So on that day Moses swore to me, The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. And then the statement is made again as, as a historical record. In verse 13 and 14, that was our text t- today already, Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephthah, and gave him Hebron, as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. So there are six occasions. We have six occasions. The Bible says of Caleb, he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So this is powerful. How many think this speaks to us? You think it speaks to us? So we probably, if we're going to conquer, we need to follow the Lord I'm going to preach this over and over. He says, is he going to say wholeheartedly again? Yes, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. wholeheartedly. It's tough to say it three times fast, but I will. Anybody remember uh, the the, the song, uh, Yield My Heart? Anybody remember that? You know, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, rest in this place. Nobody knows this song? You need like it's called Yield My Heart. Look it up. All right. And, and, then, and then it just the chorus is just this. I yield my heart to you. I yield my heart to you. You're my king. And it just goes over and over. I can't believe you don't know that. Come on, listen to worship radio more. Okay, you're going to get this, all right? It's a really good song. What does it mean when you say things like, I yield my heart to you, all right? Uh, I need a brother to come and help me out, okay? Just a brother. Come on, you sit up front. You always have to help, okay? So, so, uh, uh, so I'm, I'm Rick, all right? Hello, Rick, all right? And, uh, all right, so I'm, this is my heart, okay? So let's say that that's my heart, okay? That Jack is just my heart, okay? So, uh, so just walk around. Just take, take, take a walk, okay? This is somehow, sometimes how people just live their lives, all right? All right, just following their heart okay now here's the problem with that here's the problem because when i'm born i have a heart okay here's the problem and sometimes my heart gets stomped on okay all right and since my heart got stomped on and all messed up all right and torn okay and then uh heart goes crazy come on go crazy heart hey hey heart come back you understand, all right? And heart just doing stuff, and people keep saying, "Well, you just need to follow your heart," okay? And uh, you, sometimes you can't even find your heart, and it's all busted up. You don't even want to look. Am I preaching anybody's story right now? Thanks, Jack. Uh, because of all of the wounds, all the mess that has hap- happened in your heart, and then some wise guy says, "Well, you just need to follow your heart. You need to slap them," okay? 
All right, I'm sorry, don't slap people. That's, that's wrong. All right? How many have ever followed your heart and you got yourself in a bunch of mess? All right? Because what your heart then does is says, you know, you live according to this wound right here. All right? You just live according to this wound or this wrinkle or this bruise or where it's been bleeding. Okay? You just live according to it. And, and really, rather than living according to my heart, I need to... Anybody ever been saved? Anybody been born again? Anybody? I'm just checking. Any born again? Because I'm going to have all the cough. You don't lift your hand. All right? <laughs> Here's the deal. When I am saved, uh, I get a new spirit inside of me. Amen. All right? And the Lord is close. The Bible says close to the brokenhearted yeah. because he wants to heal you. Yeah. And he wants to give you... He wants to give you a new heart. Okay? He wants, to, he wants your heart to be whole. But I know everybody's heart isn't whole. How many are glad he takes you when you look like this? Anybody thankful? How many would lift your hand and say, God took me like that? All right? But he wants to heal your heart. But then what he wants you to do, your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions. He wants you by the Holy Spirit to tell your heart to follow you Amen. rather than you following your heart. And now, now by the Holy Spirit, I'm in control of every thought. I take every thought captive. Am I making sense to anybody? Not only am I taking every thought captive, but my will now is the will of God. So my mind, I'm taking every thought captive to make it obedient to the word of God, my will, and my emotions will not control me anymore. Amen. All right? How many know your emotions will lie to you? Amen. And sometimes your emotions will actually cause you to lie. Amen. They, they will, because when you're all broken up, you just need somebody to, to be nice to you. You will just, you'll, you'll weep at things that you should not be weeping at. Amen. Okay? So, so here's the deal. God wants to heal your heart. Now, some of you, I could stop right now and we could just have prayer. Okay? Because God wants to heal your heart. And even, listen, as believers, doesn't mean that people won't come after you. Okay? The thing is, is now I am following the Lord wholeheartedly. Now, let me tell you something about, uh, some things about Caleb uh, that you need to understand is that, that Caleb had to follow the Lord wholeheartedly for years. Amen. When everything did not necessarily go his way. Do you get that? Yeah. When, when he had guys that were with him when they went into the promised land to spy out the land. And the other guys were just telling other people terrible things. And basically they were telling them things because their hearts had melted. And they cause the hearts of others. Listen, you need to be around people that will speak truth and power and life into you. Not individuals that will constantly speak fear into your life. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to keep talking. Amen. You guys keep saying amen. So uh, I'm telling you this because you have to have a heart for other things. Your heart is for things like... Uh, you know, you have a heart for your home and family. And that's important because if you don't have, if, if you don't tell your heart that it's got to chase down, take care of your home and family, right? You'll lose your family. Amen. Right? And, and, or or it's, it's, it's why, you know, adultery, sexual sin in general is destructive, right? You leave a little of your heart. Sometimes you take your heart and then uh, you start giving a little heart here and you have a little piece of my heart and you have a piece of my heart and you have a piece of my heart. You have a piece of my heart. And, and eventually, you can't make any decisions in your life because all of your decisions are based upon what all of these people think about it. Amen. 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 I need to go back and take my heart back. I need to claim my heart back and stop. You see what I'm saying? And then I take my heart and I give it to the Lord, all my wounds and all my brokenness, and the Lord gives me this. Okay? Uh, you know, like, like a fairy tale to some people, but that is the work of the Lord in your life. And some people, some of you could lift your hand and say, Pastor, I know this story because I lived that. Anybody? You don't want to wave your hand? Okay. 
All right? But I also know this story, and this is much better. Yes. Right? So, help me preach this, Jesus. Amen. So, the, the moment in Joshua chapter 14 with Caleb is not only historic, historical, it's prophetic. In Joshua 14, uh, Joshua has aged. He's getting older, and, and much of the promised land has been possessed, but it has not been possessed in order to leave it desert. Do you understand what I just taught you? Okay, so I possess this so that you will inhabit it and you will bless others through it. So uh, it, it's been possessed to be inhabited. The tribes of Israel are given areas of the land by the word of the Lord. It is to be distributed for the cause of blessing, to be fruitful and to multiply and to replenish the earth. So you understand, I am blessed today because of what happened in Joshua 14. Amen. Personally, you understand that? Yeah. And uh, the world has been blessed. Through what has happened here. Now, so, so, so you get this. Jesus doesn't save you so you can live broken the rest of your life. Right. Remember, who the Son sets free is free indeed. So, so after the land of Canaan, Canaan is distributed to the tribes of Israel. So Caleb is not one of the tribes of Israel. Do you get this? It's distributed, but Caleb is not one of those guys. Now here's, I want you to look at this. This will shake you up a little bit. In Joshua 14, what we're revisiting is a man named Caleb. And you recall, again, the story uh, of, the 12 spies, uh, of the 12 spies. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who followed the Lord wholeheartedly there in Joshua 14, 6 through 9. And, and the Bible says still the statement, uh, the land on which your feet have walked, he's talking to the spies. Okay, specifically Joshua and Caleb. And he's saying to them, because you followed me wholeheartedly, this is going to be your inheritance. So we need a heart of strength and courage. Can I get a yes from somebody? And last week we learned that when we follow God, he will provide for us. Literally last week we learned that God can make the sun stand still. Uh, come on, he'll give you time. He will give you the provision to accomplish what he has called you to. But let's, let's talk about our hearts for a moment. And the definition, if you just Google uh, wholehearted, and, and, uh, and, and this is what shows up. The definition of wholeheartedness. Completely and sincerely devoted, determined, or enthusiastic. All right? Completely and sincerely devoted. You like that? And then, and, and, and secondly, marked by complete, earnest commitment, free from all reserve or hesitation. How many would like to be like that for God? That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. And he says it he says it that way in verse 24. Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. So uh, I all of this is really important to me. I you know I'm thinking what do you mean different spirit? Uh, you know, not like in and out and up and down. I was reading uh, on my news feed, a story from the Los Angeles Times uh, article, and it was about how millennials replaced religion with astrology and crystals. And uh, it's a, commu a, a com there's a community that have determined that a large community that determined if you ask them what their religion is, they will say we are none or nuns. We just call them nuns, not N-U-N, but N-O-N-E-S. And according to a 2017 Pew survey, Gen Xers and Gen Zers. Uh, they are mostly atheistic and agnostic or what they or what they say spiritually. They are spiritual, but not religious. So basically spiritual, but not religious means whatever floats your boat at that moment it makes them feel like a bright light or, or powerful, ready to be seen. It just kind of sucks them in. And, and so they sit around on blankets and pillows, staring at crystals, affirming one another and breathing deeply. Um, and, and I'm not saying, how many know deep breathing helps? Can I get an amen from somebody? You need to sit around sometimes and just take a breath and turn off the TV and turn off the noise, right? Just don't, don't allow the enemy to suck you into this demonic mess. That's good preaching, Pastor Rick. And, and so, listen, I know that you're saved. I know you're going to heaven one day. 
And I get that you care about the things of God and help out in ministry and give to the poor and all that is good. But here's another question. Are you are you winning the battle? Does your posterity have a spiritual inheritance? Are you able to lay claim to the promises of God in your life? When we follow the Lord wholeheartedly, that's what we end up seeing. And it seems in Scripture that the answer lies in this. Is your heart fully after God? Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Or Proverbs 3 and 6. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Uh, or Romans 12 and 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Wholeheartedness is true and, and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's part of your heart. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, Caleb had a whole heart for God, and the promise was that he would acquire the promised land and the next generation. If you have a wholehearted attitude, it will not only affect you, but it will affect those who come after you. Amen. Come on. Amen. Caleb was totally after God, and he was totally in tune with God. And so Moses summarizes this. Uh, the 31, 35 years earlier, Numbers 32. Because you have followed me wholeheartedly, not one of the men spent 20, 20 years old. Uh, let, let me reread this. Because they have not. This is the other 10. Because they have not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of the men 20 years old or more who came out of Egypt will see the land. And you understand that for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness and all of those over 20 years passed away in the wilderness. Not one except for Caleb and Joshua. Now remember the story of the spies. They went in long before Joshua takes over. Their, their purpose was not, get this. They went in to look around and their purpose was not to decide whether or not they were going to go to battle. Their purpose was to go and look at the land that they were about to take. Amen. How many forget what your purpose is sometimes? Okay? Your purpose is not to tell God what his word is. Your purpose is to take God's word and then go take a look. All right? This is what God's word says. So all of the other guys look around and say, wow, there are giants in the land. And this is going to be tough. Jericho is fortified. AI, these are fortified. They got all these kings up by Jerusalem. And they have some mighty armies. And there are sons of Anak there. There are really tall guys with super large swords and spears and shields. And we're not going to be able to defeat them. Do you hear the difference? Caleb goes in and he says, yeah, they're big, but God says this is what he wants us to see because we are going to go and utterly overthrow this land. Some things will never happen in your life if you are less than completely committed to the Lord. And in this moment, no one followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Uh, but, but look forward to Deuteronomy in chapter 1, verse 35. Uh, uh, here it says again. Not a man of this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give to your fathers except Caleb, son of Jephna. He will see it. I will give him and his descendants the land he set, he set his feet on because he followed the Lord. He gave him and his descendants. His faith and commitment made a difference for his descendants. Anybody see what I'm telling you? And again, here's Caleb's testimony in the book of Joshua. There in Joshua chapter 14. Caleb then comes up after everybody's got their spot. Caleb walks up, stands in front of Joshua, and he says, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, I followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And so Moses said that this land is for me and my children. I walked up that mountain, Hebron. That's where I stood. Everybody else said there are giants we can't take. And I said wholeheartedly, and I'm still here today. So his children are going to have the land because of his heart. The way we follow God today echoes for centuries in the lives of our descendants. Amen. Amen. The way you follow God is making a difference for the future. There's much more at stake than what you woke up feeling this morning. The way we live and approach life has massive ramifications for our children. And so Hebron has belonged to Caleb. Now look at this. Joshua 14, 14. Look at this again. 
Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephna, the Kenizzite, ever since. Okay, what did they call him? The son of Jephna, the Kenizzite. The word Kenizzite means son of Esau. He is a descendant of Esau. How did Caleb even get in this crowd? Probably, like me, married over his head. Yep. I married well. And now, now, now get this, get this. He married someone, a woman of the tribe of Judah specifically. He may not have had the original heritage of the nation, but he becomes a man God exceptionally blesses. So listen to me. Your past, come on, your history does not determine what God will do in your future. Anybody want to write that down? Uh, you know, I look back over my past, and my past is amazing. I'm so blessed. I mean, I got a mom and a dad who loved and served God. I got grandparents who loved and served God. I got great-grandparents that loved and served God. I even got great-great-grandparents that loved and served God. I got a picture of my grandma, Bishop, you know, who loved and served the Lord God. And so I'm, I'm really blessed. So uh, I'm thinking, so what am I saying? I'm saying somewhere, like when I talk about my great-grandma Lucy, I know Lucy was the first one who served the Lord on my father's side. And uh, I look back and I'm thinking, here I am all of these year la years later. I mean, great-grandma Lucy, I mean, she was born in the, uh, in the 1800s. And here I am standing before you today preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And my children love God and my grandchildren are loving God. And I'm saying I'm going to be wholehearted before the Lord Jesus because I see how this thing works. Anybody with me on that? So are you wholeheartedly following God? Look at that definition again. Completely and sincerely devoted, determined, marked by complete earnest commitment. God, I not only love you, but my life and breath is yours. So let's, let's just talk about some hallmarks of people who are wholeheartedly and let's make some declarations about following God, okay? So these are not just going to be points. These are going to be declarations. You ready? Make the declarations. Number one, read it. I have full confidence in God. I am fully committed to God's plan. I am strong enough to accomplish what God wants me to do. Come on, let's say it. Say it again. I have full confidence in God. I am fully committed to God's plan. I am strong enough to accomplish what God wants me to do. Some of you are doing fine until you got to number three. All right? All right, let's, let's just start with number one, this first declaration. I have full confidence. Come on, say it. I have full confidence in God. So 45 years before we read these scriptures in Joshua 14, where, Joshua, where Caleb is standing before Joshua and says, this is the truth, uh, this is the land, and I'm claiming this particular land, the spies, uh, the spies' job was not to decide whether they could conquer it. He simply calls them to believe what God has said. Caleb has confidence that God will do what he said he would do. You need to say that. God will what he said he would do. See, faith comes much easier when you are wholly committed to the Lord. Anybody remember that Dietrich Hayden song? God is able to do just what he said he would do. Anybody ever heard that? He's going to fulfill every promise for you. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He's able. And then you all start clapping and dancing and stuff. Listen, it's much easier to believe God when you are fully committed. But when you are filled with doubt and self-doubt, you are so busy struggling and battling in your mind that you just can't think clearly. We need to get our hearts right with God or self-doubt will crush you. Caleb walks by faith and has confidence in the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? Let me ask you, what do you believe God can do in your situation? Anybody got a situation right now? 
Anybody got a situation going on? Anybody? What do you believe God can do in this situation? Some of you are saying nothing. All right. If he was going to be good, he wouldn't let me get in this situation. You sound like a spy that went into the land. All right. What do you believe God can do? Whatever you say, you're right. Amen. If you believe God won't do anything in your situation, you're right. If you believe God doesn't care, well, you're wrong about that he doesn't care, but you believe that God will act as if he doesn't care, you're right. Just go ahead and declare it. I'm not going to get better. I'm going to get worse. My life is just going to be a mess. I'm never going to get promotion. I, everything, everything is against me and nothing is for me and nobody cares for me. That will end up being your reality. But if you believe that God can, come on, the wholehearted person has a huge advantage when walking by faith. Listen to the scripture in Numbers 14 and 9. Their, their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of him. That's what Caleb said when the others were speaking words about their hearts melting. He was simply saying to them, their protection, their, their protection is gone. The giant's protection is gone. They can't stand before the Lord. Don't be afraid. Listen, the Lord is with you when you're wholehearted. There's a proportional working of the Lord uh, in the life of a wholehearted person. As we are wholehearted, God moves in our whole heart. Does that make sense? I'm looking back on that day. Many, many years ago, I think I testified to you about it a few weeks back. But I was looking back on that day in 1989 after I assumed the pastorate and the church was broken. I was sitting in an office that was just down a hallway that used to be here to the left in the finance office. And Steve Bolivar and Larry Kearns were in that office with me. And we were looking at uh, the need of a financial miracle today or the possibility of a foreclosure in the coming week. It seems silly at the, in, in, in the moment, but God said, trust me, and that's what we did. And God, that day with him, listen, we just trusted him and went in, and God performed a miracle in that offering that day. I never asked for it, never called for it, and that, that's odd. Isn't that weird? I never said, look, we got a massive need. Somebody don't do something right now. We're going to lose the building. I did not say that. The Lord had settled in my heart that he was going to take care of the need. And sometimes God just wants to show off. Anybody know that? Just wants to show you how good he is. And I needed that on that foundational day of my ministry. And, and God brought in more than enough. I have full, say it, I have full confidence in God. Say it, I have full confidence in God. And secondly, I am fully committed to God's plan. So looking back at Joshua 14 and 7, he says, I was 40 years old. Now, Joshua's 85 now, okay? But he was talking about when he was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent him to explore the land. And now, now listen, his conviction is simply this. God's going to help us. Say it, God's going to help us. He's going to deliver me. See, some of you are not saying that, all right? How many ever know that's a problem? I hate it when people get all spiritual and start saying God's going to do stuff and God's going to help me and God's going to provide and all of that mess, all right? Because your heart looks like this. And this is my heart, and I'm not going to let all of that brokenness tell me what I believe. I believe God's word no matter what's going on, right? Caleb says, I follow the Lord God wholeheartedly. I am fully committed to God's plan. Everything I've seen points me to this reality. God has a plan. God made a promise, and I'm going to trust him right now. And, and he says that in Joshua 14 and 10. He says, just as the Lord promised, you might want to underline that, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. Uh, while Israel moved about in the desert, so here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. Now, that's some big talk for an 85-year-old, I think, all right? All right? I, sometimes I think that. Anybody ever think that? You know, I'm at a particular age in my life, and I'm thinking, I can still outrun those boys, you know? I just need to soak in a hot tub after it's over, and 
take medication, but listen to what he says. I'm today 85, here I am today, 85 years old. Now I'm wondering when I read this, if it was his birthday. Just wondering. Here I am today, I'm 85 years old. And they all broke out into a little Hebrew happy birthday to you. But he says this, I am as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. Here's what he's saying. The Lord has sustained me. He has strengthened me. Anybody want to say that? The Lord has what? He has sustained me. He has strengthened me. Listen, we need to simplify our following of God. When you are full on for God, it eliminates so much struggle. Much of our struggle is because our hearts are divided up. Don't keep a little of your heart for yourself. Surrender your entire heart to God. God will sustain you. He will strengthen you. He will bless you. Look at verse 12. You yourself heard... He continues that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. He's saying this, I've been waiting for 45 years to run those giants off of this mountain. Anybody waited for a while to see God's hand in a particular area? Come on, it should not make you discouraged. It should encourage you. I just can't wait. It's kind of like waiting for Christmas Day when you're seven years old. Yeah, gonna, but, but I've waited for 45 years to see all my family come into the kingdom of God. I've waited for 45 years to see that miracle that God promised me so many years before. Come on, he's going to come through. He's able. He will do it. A wholehearted person isn't afraid of obstacles and challenges. I can do it because it's not about me. It's about the God that I serve. Somebody, it's not about me. It's about the God that I serve. God's been speaking to me lately like he spoke to me 30 years ago. And speaking to me lately like he spoke to me 30 years ago. I remember 30 years ago, there were some battles that I had to fight during those years. I'm not making an excuse, but the, the message was this 30 years ago. I want you to walk around the community, and I want you to reach this community. I want you to claim this community. Anybody on the same page with me? And I remember how he spoke to me about that years ago. And, uh, you know, I'm about to cross my 30th pastoral year, and I want to tell you, I'm as strong today as I was 30 years ago. Listen, I am, I am fully devoted to seeing a harvest of healing in our community. I'm fully devoted to seeing a harvest of healing, a harvest of relational healing, a harvest of blessing and souls born into the kingdom of God. Anybody on the same page with me right now? Come on, can we just be a new church for just a moment? Can I? I know we've been around for a while. We've been on this corner for a little while. But God is going to do what he told me he would do 30 years ago. Come on, somebody reach out and grab that. Maybe the, maybe the sermon, maybe the message is just for me. I don't know. I'm glad you all showed up. But here's what I believe. Do you know when you, when you will finally see miracles that God has promised in his word? It's when you are fully devoted to him above everything else. Everything else matters. He said, you know, God, I want to serve you, but if I don't get that particular job, God says, well, maybe that job is not what's for you. God, I want to serve you, and I want to accomplish things for you, but when I get this particular degree or, when, you know, when I get this particular relationship, would you just stop for a moment and say, my heart belongs to you, God, and no matter what I'm facing, I'm going to trust you. And this is important because some of us struggle so much. It's kind of like, if I sense at this point, give, you know what I should do? Give. give. If I sense serve, what should I do? If, if, I, if I sense do, take action, what should I do? Take, listen, if someone came to you and asked you if you were fully committed to the Lord, what would you say today? What would you tell them? Yeah, I'm fully committed to God, but does, but, but, but does our life uh, show, does it exemplify, doesn't it reflect lives that are fully committed? At the point that we become fully committed, wholehearted before the Lord, we start taking mountains. Amen. Stand with me. Let me say one more thing. And I want you to make this declaration as you stand. Say it. I am strong enough to accomplish what God wants me to do. Shout it. I am strong enough to accomplish what God wants me to do.
I like the scripture in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. For the eyes of the Lord looks throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Wow. For the eyes of the Lord, they go to and fro. Searching, looking for hearts that are fully committed to him. I want the Lord just to be staring at Freedom Fellowship right now. At this particular community on this particular Sunday morning. I know some people say, I will believe if God does this. That's not strength and courage. Strength and courage is because I believe God will do it. You see the difference? I'm just waiting. Karen was up here testifying before. And I know when you're going through things like Karen has been going through, you got tough days. You got struggle days. But here's the truth. From the first day, and I was with her the first day she got that diagnosis. To this day, I've never seen her stop worshiping and honoring the Lord. Never seen her. I've seen her crawl into this altar when she was tired, when she was weary, and lift up her hands. And we pray time and time again, and we're getting good news here. But listen, I've decided that no matter what I'm going to face, God is faithful. Are there areas in your life today where you would say, I need to surrender some mess to the Lord? Are there some areas in your life where you are chasing down a broken heart? Are there some, is, is, there, is, there, is there land that you would obtain? Is there victories that you would have already won? If you were just at a different place in your life where you could say, I'm strong enough to accomplish what God wants me to do. And some people say, well, I'm not strong enough. God says, if you'll do what I want you to do, I'll make you strong enough. You see that? I want my prayer team to come. We're going to pray for you. We're going to give some time to prayer. He's faithful. He's good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. These people are all ready to pray with you today. Bow your head just for a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you. Lord, I'm ready to surrender my whole heart to you. There have been areas in my life where I have reserved certain places for myself. Some have to do with wounds, old religious wounds, church wounds, mother wounds, father wounds, relational wounds. And Lord, I need a new heart today. And I'm tired of chasing my heart everywhere thinking that if I'll go here or there that somehow it will be fixed. It hasn't worked. But today, Lord, I give my whole heart to you. And I choose after this day to follow you with my whole heart. I'm ready to surrender myself every area of my life to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you for what you're teaching us. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. We praise you, Lord. Just keep your head bowed for a moment. Where are those in this room that say, Pastor Rick, I need to give my whole heart to the Lord today. Wave at me swiftly. I need to surrender my whole heart. Just lift your hand. Wave at me. There you go. Just wave at me. <laughs> I need to surrender myself completely to the Lord. And I know there are areas in my life that God wants. And I want this declaration today to echo through the centuries to my descendants. That's what I call in Jesus' name. All right, those of you who need to surrender areas of your heart to the Lord, or you need healing in broken places of your heart, or you need to give your lives up to Jesus and start a new birth relationship with Him, I want you to leave your seats and start moving towards the front swiftly. Come swiftly. Start running up to the front, or tiptoe into the front, or just stand there, whatever you want to do. He's ready. Father, I just release uh, this... Uh, Come, Holy Spirit, and touch those that are struggling today. There are those that want to pray, Lord, but they are in great struggle. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help them break the bondage in the name of Jesus so those who are in need would find their needs met. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. I'm going to just wait for a moment longer. Sing a little bit. Sing a little bit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. shoulder nearby you. Father, we make this commitment to you. We will be wholehearted. We surrender our hearts completely to you today. And in the days ahead, Father, help us to find you. Help us to know that you're with us. Help us, dear God, to not be discouraged, to not be dismayed, not be frightened, but to be strong and courageous. We give our hearts to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If there's anybody else that wants prayer, please feel free to come up. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. All the workers will stay up here for a few more moments if you want to come on up. If you're new to freedom, please meet us in the hospitality room. We'd love to spend some time with you. God bless you all.